I'm Brian, a Suns fan since 1983, and you're listening to the Suns Solar Panel Podcast. Welcome to the Phoenix Suns Solar Panel Podcast or show here on YouTube if you are watching us live. My name is Tim Tompkins. Joining us, Mr. Let's go with Dave King first. Dave King. What? Me? Why do I go first? Why do you make me go first? Age before beauty and intelligence, Dave. <laughs> and we could not forget. That, is right. that why you always go first? Yes, usually. Uh, would you like to do that again, Tim? I didn't hear my own name. <laughs> and uh, we shall not forget, least but not last, Greg. Ahoy, hoy. No, it did not. Okay. Per usual, right. we make You can tell this is going to be a really, really great show today. <laughs> we can't even get the intro good. Sorry, uh, Tim, I mean, we fucked it up. That's uh, okay. All right, guys, so let's get right to it. Taking a look out in the West, right? Suns now 21 and 31 for 12th. Total of five games back from the eighth seed. Uh, obviously coming off a really nice win against the Rockets. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, uh, we are recording on Saturday before the Suns play the Nuggets. Um Seems like they're kind of losing grip, though, of this eighth seed. Uh, not quite out of the hunt. How are you guys feeling about any playoff chances for this team right now? Well, they never actually had a grip on it, so it's tough to, to lose said grip. They this never, is a playoff team waiting to happen. They they never ha- – well, no, they were never actually holding that eighth seed real tight there. All right, let's, uh, let's just they say They were in the first few weeks of the season, yeah. dang it. Okay, so so since October, they when lost grip. When there were 70 grip, games to go, the they eighth had seed. a grip. <laughs> I, I do not feel uh, – you know, it takes Herculean effort right now from Booker – and Ubre or Booker and Aiton or Aiton and Ubre. I mean, to to get a win because they are so depleted in terms of uh, their bench and and right. in general that I think it, it's very difficult for these guys. Uh, amazing game against Houston. They came out and, and both Devin Booker and Kelly Ubre uh, stuck it to the Rockets, beat them at their own game, uh, and and major props to both of those guys. They played unbelievable i just think that there's not enough depth right now and if they don't start getting guys back it's just going to be too much uh for them to to really close that five game gap i hope it happens but i just don't see it without uh, without i'm joking it's they're they're not going to be able to close that five game gap they're really not they don't not only do they have the depth issues they also have the learning how to win in close games issues because when your best three players are kelly Oubre jr devin booker and deandre aden those guys have never been counted on to close out big games in their lives before. And so this is a learning year. Look, I was as frustrated as everybody else when the Suns didn't make a single move at the trade deadline. But I can see James Jones's patience in this. This was always supposed to be the learning year. They were always supposed to win around 35 games. They were always supposed to go into the summer knowing better what they need for next year. Now, we think we know what they need for next year. But uh, they really need all 82 games, especially when DeAndre Aiden was suspended for 25 of them. They really need to see these guys progress and see how far they can go with this group this year and then supplement the team with a little bit more sobriety uh, going into the summer in the right way. Uh, This was a slap slap together team over last summer. It really was. I mean, they turned over everybody but four players. 
Uh, and, and it was just to see what would happen with this team. It's obviously a, a higher floor than they've had the last four years. And Devin Booker, I mean, this is new territory for most of these guys. Um, the, the guys who've been here anyway, and, and, and they need to learn what the territory looks like. They need to learn how to keep their cool in tight games. Just last Friday, they had a seven point lead last Friday, sorry, uh, against the thunder. Uh, they had a seven point lead with four minutes to go against the thunder could have won that game. But then all of a sudden they went like over a thousand in the rest of the game played really well. They know how to close out. If Friday night's game had been close, James Harden would have known how to close out the game. Um, uh, so this has always been supposed to be a learning year. They were always supposed to run around 35. We were going to be happy with 40 excited for 40. But uh, Tim, that was a very good opening question. Are they going to get back to the, no, they're not going to get back into playoff contention. Their schedule is still really hard. Their experience is still really low and their health as Greg alluded to, is still really bad. Uh, <clears throat> we can just end this show right there. That's all. Is there is there a point in which coming down the stretch of the season, the sun should strategically rest? No, no, no tanking. Look, the getting the stench of losing off of a franchise is difficult, right? I'll tell you a little story. My father-in-law a couple of years ago had some turkeys in the back of his car to go donate. Your father-in-law tanked for you? No, no but, but but forget. He left two turkeys that he was going to donate in the back of his car. Forgot they were there, and then he and and, and my mother-in-law left for two weeks on a on a vacation, right? Uh, you know what happened to those turkeys. Those bad boys rotted in the back of that car. And no matter what they've done, they've torn that part, car apart. The stench doesn't go away. That is losing. That is a decade of losing. That stench clings to a franchise. And tanking at all this year is an asinine move because, A, the draft is terrible. And, B, you cannot teach these guys and reinforce to these guys that losing is the way that you should you should improve at this point. You need to do everything you can to win every game the rest of the way because you're not going to change the culture by talk. You're going to change it by action on the court, and winning is the only way to do that. Some of this season is all about Devin Booker. Devin Booker has still, because he hasn't had a chance yet this year, he still has not played a meaningful game after the after the All-Star break in his career. I think the Suns need, need to go for meaningful wins in the second half. They need to go for uh, knocking other players, other teams down a rung. And yeah, maybe push for that eighth seed. I just don't trust that the Suns can close out the eighth seed, but they should absolutely push for it. Every single game, they should be counting how many games back they are. Five games back as of Saturday morning before the Nuggets game. Um, they they are still in striking distance, of course, and they should treat the rest of the season as if they're in striking distance. All I was saying is I don't think they'll get there. But I think they should be pushing for it all season, all the way through 82 games. And that'll be the most exhilarating thing that Devin Booker's been through in his career. He needs to know what 82 games looks like. He needs to know what um, coming in hard every single game looks like. He needs to know how that feels. And a lot of the guys that were acquired last summer, even though half of them are hurt right now, but a lot of the guys who were acquired last summer are ones who have 
second half playoff uh, pushing for a playoff seed and getting it experience. We just need to get some of these guys back. I mean, Jesus, it's, it's amazing. Even Friday night in that win, the Suns almost had to play two of their best players the whole game because there weren't enough healthy players to go around. I mean, there was uh, uh, in the fourth quarter, Cam Johnson, Ty Jerome were out there, both of them, moving weird i mean ty jerome always looks like he's holding in a fart somebody <laughs> tweeted when he runs and he, 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 he still looked like it on friday night even more so that is it the kind like of analysis you get here on the sun solar <laughs> panel uh it's uh he was he was he looked like he was laboring on a tight calf like i would be after a hard you know after uh a hard workout and a really tight muscle the next day walking around going oh he looked like he was struggling Cameron Johnson, his timing was clearly off. Um, he moved pretty well, though, but his timing was clearly off. But uh, Monty didn't want to play him the whole game. And then uh, Ricky Rubio is clearly hobbling through his... He's refusing to put himself on the injury report because he knows the Suns need him desperately. And he's hobbling through these games. We're giving a lot of crap to Ricky Rubio, but, man, I'd like to see one of us do what he's doing. And, and can I, can I chime in on Ricky Rubio? a bad ankle. Yeah, go ahead, please, Tim. Uh, the best on-off numbers um, for players on the team so far, or I should say the, the best net rating for players, right, with the, the most positive point differential for um, on-off. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Rubio leads the team at 7.7 points ahead of Devin Booker at 6.9. So for as much crap as everyone gives Ricky Rubio, who, to your point, is clearly injured, is clearly playing through it, mm -hmm. uh, he has the biggest uh, uh, positive net rating of any player on the team. Yeah, he makes – look, it's painful to watch him play sometimes, and certainly painful to watch him try to shoot, which has nothing to do with his injury for the <laughs> most part. He doesn't have any separation or lift, but I know it is. But he is effective out there, and the Suns are effective when he's out there on offense, and that is not happening when Eliakobo is running your team. I tweeted last night. Somebody said, Ricky Rubio is noticeably hobbling to the bench, and then he came back out after the timeout. I'm like – Ricky Rubio saw his backup and he turned around. I mean, <laughs> he well, they're also he the, there. the Suns are also uh, three points better per hundred possessions on defense uh, when he's on the court. Absolutely, they, they need him to win. I mean, we saw it when he was actually out. This this team is significantly worse. They revert back to uh, some bad habits that we saw in previous years when uh, when Ricky Rubio was not out there. This team uh, is built, this offense is built to require a floor general, and unfortunately uh, his backups just aren't that. Can I point out one bit of sunshine? We don't have it on our yeah. show notes, so I don't think I'm going out of, out <laughs> of uh, place here, but we're talking about the Rockets game. One really, really good thing uh, that, that I saw is Monty Williams has spent the entire year saying, look, I just want these guys to be comfortable. I want them to take comfortable shots. I want them to take the shots that make them most, uh, you know, feel best about themselves. And unfortunately, a couple of guys on this team, a few guys on this team like those mid-range shots. You know why? Because other teams want them to take those mid-range shots so they feel best because you have less players around you trying to knock the ball out of your hands when you're at 15 feet away. Um, Devin Booker's a little bit been a, uh, so good this year, so good this year, but he's been a little bit less reliant on the three than we wish he would be. 
Um, and a lot of these guys are running themselves off the three-point line to take a, a, a less contested two. Well, Monty finally said, he finally said, he, he went to his team Friday morning after the trade. He said, look, guys, this is getting ridiculous. You've got to take three-pointers. You've got to take more threes. That's just the way this game is played. You've got to go for three points instead of two points when you know you, you, know, you when you can. And they took 10 threes in that first quarter, and they took 30, only 31 for the game. But part of that is because they spent half the game with their bench out there, and their bench is still allergic to taking shots. Uh, but that was a really good sign. Monty is finally actually pushing his guys to take better shots than just the ones they're most comfortable with. It's just a, it's a process. And I don't think that's a failing on Monty's part all year. I mean, that's, he's just going to coach the way he's going to coach and the way he's going to coach is to get you confident and then try to tweak you into better things. Um, and, uh, they took a bunch of threes on Friday and that was really good to see. And I hope that continues because that, you just need guys to actually focus on the right shots. But the, the key the is Suns, they made a bunch of threes, too. <laughs> Not just uh, taking the, them. The Suns are 20th uh, in three-point attempts per game at 31.4 and 22nd in three-point percentage at 34.9%. Uh, right. And to your point, Tim, so that is exactly where they are. They're 20th in attempts. But if you break the t- season into a couple of parts, they were 10th in attempts through Christmas or so, uh, through early to mid mid December, and they've been last in attempts since the first of January, and that was pointed out to them by Monty Williams, saying, "God, you guys, come on, we can't be 30th in the league. We have shooters. Just take the shots." Uh, so they're going to get back into that 30 plus range every game, and uh, I think that's going to be fun to see for fans, and might generate some more wins. <laughs> uh, so. Kelly Oubre Jr., big night, obviously, uh, against the Rockets, his second bobblehead night. Um, by the way, if anyone was at that game and wants to sell me a bobblehead, uh, please. I have one, on Twitter. Too. You want to sell it to me? Please. What are you going to do for me? Hey, uh, I'll mow you 25 <laughs> bucks. How about that? <laughs> no, uh, I don't want to I'll <laughs> give it to you next time I see you. No, no, because it's going to be in like a year. Ship that. Or somebody watching or listening, ship it to me. I'll, I'll Venmo you some cash. Anyway, Kelly Ubre, though, uh, career-high 39 points, which, by the way, the, the Suns uh, shirt of the night for that game, absolute fire. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of his career night, though? Uh, obviously, he was hitting the three. He was really effective in the first quarter. But did we see anything different out of him that seems like it could be a little bit more sustainable than just him running into three or four guys right at the rim, hoping that he gets a shot in? Since January 1, Kelly Oubre is hitting 39% of his threes. And that's even with him dealing with that um, little uh, concussion that he got um, and missed missed several uh, missed all of his threes for several games after he got back. Um, Kelly is doing great. So what's really stepped up is that he's he's become even better in the things he's really good at. He's really good at attacking the rim and he's really good at taking catch and shoot threes. He talked about it last night after the game because he did another one of those shot clock winding down, uh, game clock winding down end of quarter threes. And so somebody asked me, he's like, does that remind you of when you're when you were growing up, you know, in the in the um, on your driveway and counting down three, two, one, and taking that last second shot, he's like, absolutely, that's what I think about every time. And he literally dribbled himself into an end of clock three at the end of the third quarter to put the Suns up 97 to 73 over the Rockets, and he's he's got at least half a dozen of those this year. So he was having fun and he's feeling good and he's taking the right threes. He's taking the shots he's good at. 
Um, and he's figuring out how to be a little bit less predictable around the basket because he went through a period of time where he was getting a shot block because they all knew where he was going to go when he was driving to the basket. Everybody knew. We all knew exactly where he was going to end up. And so he's been able to adjust to that, and I really think that's great. I, I, I love watching Kelly Oubre play. He's got the, it's got the energy of a tsunami and uh, in the kiss of a poppy. So I think he's just awesome. Let me – I, I want to throw this out here. Is he playing so well that he's going to price himself out of the Suns' range? Uh, because he, the reality is there's one more year left on his contract. Then you're going to have to negotiate with him again. You got a pretty good hometown deal at $15 million, uh, Man, a I'm year just going to start two, calling so. you Seattle because it's always raining I'm on just Greg asking Island. because I, I have been <laughs> thoroughly impressed with what he's been what he's been able God to do damn. lately. And that's just <laughs> it, that was part of the reason his name came up this week. And Don't play that well, Kelly. Uh, we can't afford you. I'm not saying that, that we don't months. want to play, play that Good well. There's just, there's just things... If we're not talking about a playoff team, we got to talk about how do you build that playoff team and how do you build the future. He's under contract for 18 months. For it's one good. more season. We're good. Like, all right, fine. Okay, all oh right. God. God, I, w- I wish I could take that sunshine enema that you got this week, Dave, and uh, <laughs> and get a dose of that myself without the hose up my backside. But What? <laughs> that's what it, what an enema is, uh, Tim. It's, uh, I know. I just I was just thinking, uh, how did this conversation get to here? I, you, I, I, I like, followed. I didn't. Wait, I didn't take it up the back. The, the, I, uh, I responded to one the, thing on Twitter. I come back, and all of a sudden, you guys look, are talking about enemas look, and swallowing. What look, the, the, no, I'm the just Suns, uh, We talked for 42 seconds about how good Kelly Oubre is, and all of a sudden, Greg's talking about 18 months from now when we can't afford him. Just, like, get, I, God I, dang, I, Greg! Just appreciate what we have. T- Tim's Tim's quote. It should be our tagline. The sun solar panel. How did we get here? <laughs> yeah. uh, better than feel free to unsubscribe. <laughs> no, it's right on no, par with that. No, nobody unsubscribe. <laughs> this is must watch YouTube and must hey. listen potting. It, it's right so, on par with uh, feel free to unsubscribe. <laughs> unsubscribe. Um, I have been disappointed about something in over us? the last few yeah, games. Uh, I mean, of you guys, but uh, I've lowered expectations, so the disappointment is less <laughs> when it comes to that. Um, I really wanted to see roughly 35 minutes of Jalen Lequeux every night for the rest of the season. <laughs> and after being teased with it, I haven't seen him again. And it's been really, I, I, I want to watch Jalen Lequeux pay, play basketball, regardless of the what, Suns winning or losing. There are free streams to watch the G League team. And what's going to happen is you're going to see once a week a really, really good play. And the rest of the time, he's a bench guy on a G League team that's 8-52 and 52 or something like that. So yeah, man, the guy's, maybe the guy's a hustler. He he's not so quite fun. ready to be prime time. Well, who would have guessed an 18-year-old isn't, isn't ready right. for prime time? Right. Uh, you can watch him in Summer League, Tim. Come out to Vegas in July and oh, we'll not be there chance. to watch the Jalen LeCue show. Oh, Dude. yeah. Tim's oh, not yeah. allowed back in Vegas, so <laughs> yeah. Look, you can, you can grow a mustache, so nobody recognizes you. That so. Vegas trip cost me like ten grand, man. I am not what going the back fuck? to Vegas. <laughs> hey, not not no. going back to Vegas. STD cures cost a lot these days. Health insurance isn't what it used to be. So also paying off the girl to not sue him for something. I don't know oh. what. Where the hell did you get that? Jesus. I, I, I love that every time he brings it up, that number gets larger, too. Yeah. It just keeps expanding. You know, I might not have been honest at, at the beginning with how much I spent. I might not have been honest. 
Did y'all hear that? Who's been following this Vegas story? We're up to over ten grand now because he's probably not even been as clear yet. A really good chance I didn't actually want to add the two credit card numbers together. Tim would like (laughs) you to donate to the show because Tim makes bad life choices. All right. Especially in Vegas, I can't handle myself. It's not the point. The point is, we should be getting at least fifteen minutes. You even shared a room with Greg. I I don't Uh, think. I don't think we're at that point yet, though. I think. I think once it's pretty clear that you're a, you're officially too far back of the eighth seed, then then maybe the LeCue experiment as the backup point guard and and telling Javon Carter no, uh, taking taking a seat. I I know, but just giving him minutes at that at, at those backup guard spots. Maybe that's when you do it. But right now. Uh, I think that's that's signaling, signaling uh, there and waving the white flag a little too much when you're still within shouting distance there. And I don't think playing Lequeux is is equal to tanking. I just think it's a different kind of uh, understanding of what you have with your with some of your young guys. And I would like to see him play more, but not until uh, you're you're pretty safely out of that out of that eighth seed because it's it is clear. He's gonna make a lot of mistakes while while he's out there, but there will be moments that that are wow moments as well. Uh, you guys ready for stat of the week? Stat, stat, stat of the week. Stat, stat, stat. <laughs> and this right here is all for context because uh, obviously we aren't the only ones on Suns Twitter, Suns Reddit, Suns Facebook groups, uh, Suns fans freaking out every time there's a loss or an unfortunate string of losses it doesn't really matter i the suns last year were had the 28th best offensive rating at 105.9 points the 29th worst defensive rating at 115 points per game uh there were 10 point difference there right this season 16th best offensive rating at 110.2 and the 17th best defensive rating at 110.9 i realize that this team loses some games that you wish that they wouldn't lose but i think that we're not putting into context the kind of growth that this team has had and frankly you don't go from 19 wins to 50 and i just think it's important that we all realize how much better this team has yeah. gotten this year. No, right. yeah, yeah i've seen a few comments where uh this team looks just as bad as last year no you're forgetting last no. year i mean really seriously pull up a game from last year a full game not just highlights but pull up a full game from last year and you can tell the difference and this is not 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 against igor i thought igor was a good coach I liked Igor. He just had bad players. There's better players on this team, but also Monty Williams is a better coach and he has a better coaching staff. They have a scheme. Look, the Suns have five 20 plus point wins this year alone. Five 20 plus point wins. They haven't had that many 20 plus point wins since who wants to guess it? 2010. Yes. And they haven't had that. They haven't had more than four 20 plus point wins in any season. Since 2010, this team can play really well. And the scheme is really good. They generate a lot of open threes. They generate a lot of points. They just haven't been making them because the players aren't quite good enough to make a bunch of those threes yet. And then, and they're not quite sure of themselves yet in the first year in Monty's system and their defense. Everyone says their defense is awful, horrible. It is. It looks bad. Sometimes it definitely looks bad sometimes, but having a mid pack defense 
is an incredible turnaround. We haven't had a mid-pack defense since the mid-2010s when the Suns had the, the more eye on those guys um, on the team and they were playing well under Jeff Hornacek. Let's just celebrate how good this team is. And yes, and they're 14th in net rating too, because not, I mean, while they're, while they're below the midpoint, slightly below the midpoint in offense and defense individually, they're 14th in net rating. They just aren't winning the close games. And that's because they're very young and sometimes very, too many guys are injured or out. Not, it's just, not just that there's also been a lot of, uh, bad and like uh, not to blame things on the refs but there have been a lot of calls in the yeah. last two minutes of games that have been blatantly wrong and have not favored the suns that's true the suns have their own handful of games that were unfortunately decided by questionable calls if if we had some kind of artificial intelligence system i mean really we're kind of advanced now and we should have some kind of automated if the nfl can come up with an automated thing that tells you when you get a first down there should be something that actually you know analyzes real-time uh, fouls and goal tens and things like that. How about just when a coach challenges it, actually overturning the call to the right call? That'd be a nice improvement, uh, uh, at least, because most of the time, right. uh, even these challenges, they're not getting the call right after they get a second look at it. That's another problem. <laughs> the refs in that Detroit game, holy shit, dude. <laughs> like, I haven't... I. I don't like to just criticize refs. They have a really hard job, but there were... It was it was blatant. But look, part of that is reputation. The Suns haven't haven't earned, and it, it, it's it's unfortunate that this is part of the game. But it's human bias, and that's what happens when you have human referees. The Suns have been so bad for so long that getting the benefit of the calls just is not something uh, that that has has but been earned. This is all absolutely true. But we can't just blame the refs. The Suns no. have made some boneheaded plays oh, at yes. the end of games. That game against San Antonio in Mexico City without mm -hmm. Devin Booker, um, there was a couple of boneheaded decisions by yep. Suns players that cost the game. It wasn't the refs. I mean, the, look, there's a lot of things that are conspiring to make the Suns 21 and 31, despite um, having the record and the and the differential and all that that should put them more like 25, 26 wins instead of 21 wins. And that would put them right in the thick of the race. It just happens. The Denver Nuggets a few years ago, they they were losing close games. They got better because they stayed together and uh, they they grew together into being a team that could trust each other. I love that uh, one of our one of our listeners and and fellow podcast hosts from another uh uh, the fanning the flames, Justin didn't think the phrase sunshine enema would be among the first things I'd hear this morning. <laughs> yet here I am. <laughs> welcome to the show, Justin. So, welcome look, to the solar panel. This is what you get. Look, I, I agree, Dave and Tim, this team is, I'll even say, I'll go as far to say significantly better than last year's team. Uh, they, they have improved in multiple ways. Uh, Devin Booker has grown yet again. You look at his efficiency, uh, what, how he's able to get his teammates involved, even his rebounding, uh, his effort on defense. Uh, he's improved. Kelly Oubre has taken a step forward. Uh, depending on the night, DeAndre Ayton has, uh, has improved over his rookie season uh, as well. Uh, it, it, it just this feels like a team that is is close to being good, and I think that's what makes uh, 
this tough right now because the eighth seed is sitting right there. It is it is fairly wide open. Probably the the widest open we're going to see the back half of the playoffs in the Western Conference for a long time in a way that nobody expected it this year, right? And they're so close. They're they're and and it's just little things that are preventing them from being right in the mix with it. And that's what I find so frustrating. It's not the fact that this that this team is uh, is going to wind up probably right about where we expected it. I mean, I was the king of 32 to 35 wins pounding on the table even when they were 7 and 4, you know, and saying that that would be good. And I still feel like that that's a win. That's a good thing if this team winds up in that range, but knowing that four or five more wins on top of that potentially could put you in that eighth seed is the thing that that frustrates me so much because you know that it that it was there that that, that it still is kind of there and and obviously injuries are part of it but I'm not going to give I, I'm not going to give the the team a pass on that right you let Aaron Nelson go all right and we can we can argue whether Aaron had had uh, lost some of what had made that training staff special, right? And and we can we can debate that. The That's Pelicans fine. Have but had some injuries but, this too. But but this let's let's look at okay. So at the same time, they announced this revolutionary plan for a medical staff with Exos Fitness, right? That falls through before the beginning of the year. They don't even get to that. But in the same press yeah. release with Aaron Nelson, they announced that, right? So then, yep. th- then they hire a training staff later in the summer, and you don't really hear much about it. But that's not it, right? I also learned they fired Tom Carter, the the doctor, the team doctor that had been with the team for for years, right? And they hire a guy. Uh, I'm not gonna say his name. They hire a guy right around the same time that they fire Carter, right around the same time they let Aaron Nelson go, and they let him go by the middle of July, and now they have a group of team doctors, right? So to me, you look at this, and you got to wonder, is that why we're seeing prolonged injuries? It's not It's not about guys not getting injured. In the NBA, in an 82-game se- season, uh, the grind, guys are going to get injured, but it's about how fast does your medical staff get them back on the court and healthy, and that's where this Suns uh, group has been lacking. You look at it, and we see day-to-day for a lot of guys, you know, the Aaron Baines of the world and stuff, and, and the Cam Johnsons. But then it lingers, and it's taking weeks, and you wonder, why is that? What, what is going on that they, that they are incapable of, of getting these guys back on the court? Are they just lying when they're saying day-to-day? Which I, I don't want to accuse anybody of point-blank lying. I, I doubt that. Uh, but but what is causing these injuries to linger? And to me, I look at those changes and and I wonder how much did that impact it? How much is that causing these injuries to be prolonged, which then is making this bench uh, be very very yeah. thin and causing these starters to have to play so many minutes that it becomes daunting uh, to try to close out games because you're exhausted by that point. All of this plays into it, and that's what I wonder because I, it's it's frustrating that you're so damn close to a playoff spot and that it, it feels like you're so far because of these factors, and that's what I wonder about all of it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think this has been um, an unusual number of lingering injuries, a number of players who can't get back from lingering injuries for sure. And look, I don't want to take anything away from how hard these these kids work in trying to do the rehab and all that and the and the trainers on staff. But the fact is the the Suns 
as you said, Greg, didn't even have a training staff until just before the season. And then that training staff is is inexperienced. They haven't worked together as a team before. Um, and they only had a few years in the NBA at various teams and in, in positions before this. So um, I think that they were put behind the eight ball by the Suns as well. So I don't want to call out that we have bad trainers. I just want to say that they were put in a bad position to succeed for sure. And like you said, Greg, the team doctor issue, I hadn't even heard about that. Um, I did notice I haven't seen Thomas Carter around this year. Um, and uh, you know why? <laughs> well, that doesn't mean he was great. And that no. doesn't mean Aaron Nelson would have been better this year. It just means um, that they were not put in position to succeed. And that's a bad that's a bad thing. And that's my point. It's more of the, the chaos of the situation, not necessarily the pieces in it. I'm not saying this is a, a bad training staff. I'm just saying it's a younger training staff. It's a group that didn't get put together uh, until a certain point. And then the doctor situation is weird. So it's just this this, this kind of upheaval that, that's a little weird. And then you add the lingering injuries again. People get injured. It's how fast you get them back on the court is is the and, and and healthy back on the court. That's the important part of it for a training staff. Uh, I do want to uh, take a moment to thank a listener. And if you're watching the YouTube show right now, if you're listening to the podcast and you feel like you get something out of the show and you want to support, uh, you can open up the show notes. There's a support the show button. And we did get a new supporter, Eric Flory, uh, who did the $10 a month option. You don't have to do the $10 a month option. If you do, though, I will personally send you some sun swag. So, Eric, thank you so very much. Hit thank us up you, on Eric. Twitter. Let me know your address because it's not going to tell me where to send it. And uh, <laughs> uh, I'll get that uh, swag out to you this week. And to our supporters, soon we will be launching a new platform. We're going to get a little extra if you're supporting the show. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, and excited to uh, to tell you more when we can. Also excited to announce that Rhett Reese and I are co-producing a movie. The writer of uh, uh, co-writer of Deadpool and producer of Deadpool. Uh, we're going to be producing Return to Bender Island. Uh, if, uh, <laughs> if the Bucks cut him, we'll be attempting to get him back to Phoenix. And the, the point been rumor is that the Bucks are going to sign uh, Marvin Williams. Yep. who's just now being bought out by the Charlotte Hornets. They already have 15 players under contract. Bender is the guy who's played the least on the team, and so he's probably going to be the one cut. That's our speculation. Point Bender, baby. Return to Bender Island. Co-produced <laughs> by Espo and Red Reese. Get ready for it, people. He's got some cool facial hair this year, so maybe he's a better player. He's evil dragon. And, uh, you know... <laughs> Uh, shout out to Max on the YouTube chat for letting me know that it is uh, not pronounced swag, but swag. The Max Hunter. Not really? If anybody's wondering. Not, not, not the first, not the first uh, person to uh, point that out to me. Apparently, I just can't pronounce anything. Uh, so let's talk about the Suns <laughs> trade deadline. Uh, what is worse? First off, I want to ask you guys this question. What is worse um, on trade deadline day? Dealing with the rumors that never happened or having to comb through roughly 200 fan-created trades on the trade machine asking for your opinion? Oh, the, the trade machine stuff, because... You know, everybody's like, hey, we can get LeBron if we do Tyler Johnson, uh, a pick and a few other pieces that we don't want. Like, what do you think, man? Who says no? And you're like, everybody says no. Logic <laughs> says no. All right. I think that's worse than, yeah, than anything. Yeah, it was a 
it was a weird trade deadline. I think um, <clears throat> with me, I was more interested in the Suns doing things on the margins and getting a, a little bit better backup point guard to go uh, behind, run behind Ricky Rubio. Rubio's clearly hobbling and uh, needs a little bit of time off. And Elia Kobo is not ready to play big minutes, and not none of these none of these guys are. And so I was hoping the Suns would do something like that. I was not looking for a remaking of the team or anything like that. I did not want Kelly Oubre traded. I didn't want any big things, didn't need big things to happen. Of course, if big things happen, sometimes that's good. But um, definitely, I didn't need any panic trades. I didn't want to see anything like that. What I was hoping to see was something on the margins, something that would help you actually with you know, the point guard situation. Even when people are healthy, there's still a problem at point guard. Look, you gave me crap on Twitter, Dave, about being upset at the deadline. And the irony of it is I wanted the same thing you wanted. I did not want some major move that mortgaged the future. I wanted to see something that bolstered your bench. It was just you yelling into that, the void. Look, That's what I was I, crap I mean, that, to me, that is the mistake here. Because as we just talked about, you're within shouting distance of this eighth spot. I don't think it's going to be any easier in the next three or four years to get in the Western Conference playoff picture than it is this year. And and you could have done it by, over the last two weeks, messing at the margins, trying to find backup point guard, maybe somebody that can can bolster uh, the, the power forward position. Even, even you go back as far as when Aiton was out during the suspension and you had that roster uh, exception, getting somebody that could have played more backup center so Frank Kaminsky could have played more backup power forward. There's just these little things that I, that I wish you could have done, and it goes back to that stench. You're not going to get rid of that losing stench if you don't get into the playoffs. And I did not want them to to mess with their chance in, in the next you know two or three years to be really good to do it, but you could have done small things yeah. that, that, to, to help that. And the fact that they did not move Tyler Johnson's uh, expiring strikes me as odd, and I get it. There's probably not a lot of teams that, that, that were looking to necessarily clear cap space for this summer because it's a weaker uh, free agent class. So maybe that played part in it. But you, you look at it and, and you wonder, was standing pat really what you wanted to do or what was the best move to do if, if you believed in these guys and their chance at the at the eighth seed this year? And I think just well, making those little moves makes a guy like Devin Booker go, look, they want to get me help. They want to yes. they want to try to bolster this bench because we believe we can do this, and and now I know James Jones believes we can because they're putting guys on, on this bench to give us help, right? I get injuries, yada, yada, those guys will come back, but they're not here right now. They're not helping this team close that gap. So if they could have brought in guys uh, at a low cost, which there were guys around the league that got dealt for a low cost that could have helped, they should have, and that's my problem. Yeah, why don't we go over those guys? So I, first off, I agree with you, Greg. Um, I, uh, there was a, a full blown thing about, you know, the, the sun should have gone out and gotten D low and, uh, you know, uh, Wait, what, I'm the one who said it first. Why are you saying you agree with Greg? Small working on the margin. I said it first and Greg said it louder. And now you're saying, I agree with you, Greg. We, what the fuck? He agrees <laughs> with us both. 
really care that Dave. much. Okay. <laughs> like, what? Okay, I agree with you too, Dave. Thank uh, you. Okay, you but so there, there were there were guys that the Suns could have gotten to bolster the bench. Um, just really quickly, I will say that uh, there is one bench player that has a positive net rating on the Suns, uh, and that is Elliot Kobo. Uh, but there are oh, guys that they they so could have gone out and gotten for very cheap. They could have gotten Shabazz Napier. They could have gotten uh, McRae. They could have gotten Alex Burks. They could have gotten uh, Glenn Robinson III. Uh, they could have gotten uh, John Hinson from the Cavs. Uh, they could have gotten Jordan Bell. These were all players that were basically given up for, for virtually nothing or second-round picks that might not have made huge improvements for the team, but would have made some improvement, uh, possibly, for the team, would have bolstered the bench. Because right now, as we've been pointing out, they got six injured guys. The The Suns' starting lineup is not the problem. Uh, they're, they have a, a positive 19-point differential net rating. The, the starters are not the issue, and they could have done something. There were obviously talks, though, uh, which I do want to go over. Some of that is that they were reportedly shopping Sharich for a first-round pick that they didn't receive. Uh, there was talks of Luke Kennard, which had... Uh, ended up uh, getting uh, at an impasse because of the, the pick protections. Uh, apparently they were listening to offers on Kelly Oubre Jr. So there were- I heard Kelly uh, was never on the block. People keep trying to create something out of that. Look, the phone, the telephone calls don't have a subject line on them. Okay. <laughs> when you, when your phone rings, it doesn't say only pick up. If you want to trade Kelly Oubre, the phone rings, you pick up, you listen to what somebody has to say, and then you say, no, thanks. Right. Listen, Kelly Oubre was never on the block. No, uh, no. It was, it, I, from what I understand, it was Orlando going, hey, we're interested in Kelly Oubre. Sure. Give us Aaron Gordon. Right. Yeah. Well, even then, I don't know that I. Even then, yeah, I, wouldn't like, have, I wouldn't have actually done that. Like, really? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you're, I don't know that that makes you all that <clears throat> much better to, to, deal though they make that kind of a deal so this this team did not need a swap for swap's sake and that would no. have been a swap for swap's sake i would get aaron gordon separately without any other real assets but that's not available uh but definitely i would not have traded kelly Oubre. so should the suns have uh lightened the protections to get luke Kennard? My, I struggle with this because he's in, he's injured right now, right? So he wasn't yeah. going to come in and help you. Double uh, right away. tendonitis. Yeah, and, and it, that's something you generally deal with the rest of your career if you get it, yep. or at least for a long time. And we already have that guy. His name's Cam Johnson, who seems to have that kind of injuries that can that can shoot. So you don't need a second guy that's going to wind up being injury prone if you're going to have to give up a, a first round pick with no protections on it, or or a top one protected, whatever. Like I think you could I think you could shop your pick before the draft this year, depending on where you wind up, and get more. Uh, than Luke Kennard if you're going to go without protections. So they shouldn't have lowered those protections. I don't think so. Not not for Kennard in this situation because I don't think it would have helped you. Uh, and uh, and to Dave's point, there's those questions linger with that kind of injury. Well, <clears throat> and I'm not fooling myself into thinking the Suns actually value their first-round pick no. this year. I think they'll end up trading it anyway but uh um, trying to james jones has made some pretty pointed comments about about the draft recently yeah he wants immediate proven production not hopeful production of course sometimes you get real proven production from actual rookies but um and so he's certainly getting some from cam johnson but 
definitely. And other rookies have been okay. I mean, you know, Zion Williams is, is not bad. And John Morant's not bad as a rookie. <laughs> yeah. Well, who wants that? It's, but, it's rare um, though. His it point is, is that he, the, his point is that he prefers guys who are in their second, third, fourth plus years. And that's just the way it's going to be as long as he's the GM. Yeah, and I think you're probably going to get more for that. And having said that, the Suns are still the youngest team in the league. So James Jones doesn't go out and get 30-year-olds. He goes out and gets 23, 24-year-olds. So it's okay. It's all right. Uh, Sharich, I, you know, whether or not, I think, I believe it's that like it was Gambo, Gambo that yeah. reported this, whether or not it's, it's true, we're going to take him at his word and just, uh, or, or that his source's word, we should say, uh, Sharich not in the Suns' plans for the future. That doesn't surprise me when you look at, right. uh, at the way this season's played out. I think they took a flyer and, and he's not the answer to power forward and that's fine. I mean, he, he, somebody will pay him and he'll wind up. Uh, getting his money, but I I think it makes sense to probably move on from him uh, at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think he's coming back next year either. I think the Suns are going to use their... I haven't put together a free agent list at all. I know it's not a great free agent class. You're not going to get a star. Well, the Suns weren't going to get a star anyway. Right. You can certainly get a good player, and the Suns will be one of only six teams with um, significant cap space or even any cap space this summer. And so uh, there's a lot of mid-level exceptions that are going to be going around with, I think that's around 9 million a year. Um, and so if the Suns can offer 10, 11 to a guy they really want, the guys take the money. That's just what they do. So there are going to be some free agents available this summer that the Suns will be one of the uh, best options for. So uh, I think James would rather do that than he already knows Dario doesn't quite fit with the athleticism that that he needs his team needs on the on the team. I'm not exactly caught up on my CBA reading, so maybe you guys can answer this for me. But with that cap space, can you absorb more uh, salary in a trade than than the matching rule? Is that is that allowable? To, because that's if the- you've got cap space, you can you as a receiving team can have up to a fifty percent differential okay. on salaries. Whereas if you're both over the cap, you can only have a fifteen percent differential. So. At the summertime, the Suns would be able to, especially if they renounce these. Now, if they keep Dario's qualifying offer and they wait for him to get an offer and stuff like that, they'll still be over the cap um, if they add a few of those together, if they don't let everybody's qualifying offer go. But, excuse me, but um, if they clear that books and they get themselves under the cap, there can be a 50% differential. Yeah. Well, that's, see, that at least then gives you the option to explore the trade market, too. It's not just the free right. agency market that that cap space is going to be able yeah. to use. And Definitely that, the trade market is going to be the, the most um, uh, profitable for them, for sure. I still look at Laurie Markkinen, and as long as that injury that, that he's going through right now, I'd take a flyer on that because I don't. he's trying to force his way out of Chicago, so I'm guessing it's not going to be a huge... Uh, amount that you're going to have to send back in that situation. And it's the kind of low risk, high reward that you're going to have to take here to, to try to fill some of these holes and, and to put this team over the top. And, and I'd be all right with that. You know, at worst, I think you're, you're getting a younger, slightly more talented Frank Kaminsky. And at best, you're getting the guy that everybody thought was going to be a star when he, when he came out first with Chicago. So I'd like to see a flyer on a guy like that. That is, uh, it was, I mean, we don't know who they were or weren't talking to. Um, 
you know, a lot of conversations have to happen in order for a trade to end up happening. But I, I w- would be surprised, right, if they didn't at least inquire about Lori Markkinen. Yeah, they should for sure. Or if they, they sh- didn't, they should look into all these. Uh, yeah. Well, they probably are looking. I don't know. We don't know, do we? But, Nothing came out about that. By by the way, can we can we stop the panic that that, that Devin Booker is is pulling the ripcord on uh, on his yeah. time in how Phoenix? How many times already? in a row does he need to say <laughs> how much he wants to stay here? And people just keep putting words in his yeah, mouth. Yeah, this is like the the person a in a relationship man. that has to keep going back and going. Do you actually love me? Did do you really want to be here? And eventually, you keep asking that enough, and the person goes. You know what? Maybe I don't want to be here. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're right. Seriously, the self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. If you keep asking, right. eventually Who they're going to go. Yeah, it you're right. You, I don't think, Greg. But somebody on Twitter was saying the Sun, Suns fans should be more like Lakers fans. I would never say that. Don't okay, you well, okay. So somebody <laughs> was saying Suns fans are so into Devin should insist on leaving. Blah blah blah. The Suns should be Suns fans should be more like Lakers fans with Kobe. You know, going. F you, he's the greatest player. He's never leaving. You know, be totally loyal to him instead of trying to will him away. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter how bad your organization is. Keep your best players, period. Don't wish them to go somewhere else. Stop wishing they'll want to go somewhere else. It's like, Jesus, just enjoy your best players. Be happy with your best players. And then turn on them when they want to leave. But don't want them to leave. That's ridiculous. And I'd be fine. Don't get me wrong. I'd be fine with Devin going and putting some pressure on ownership to get him help. I have no problem with that. But I'm not sitting here saying he should demand that he get traded and let he's going to leave, which will bring us to our donkey award. You want me to do that right now? Because yeah, it ties into this. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Let's, okay, uh, okay. I got a couple of comments just on the 2020 free agency. Go for I it. I know it's supposed to be a really, it is a really bad class. There aren't any stars in there. There's not even a really deep pool of good players, even good players. But I will say with the Suns being one of the few teams with any kind of cap space so they can make free agent offers and even million. restricted free agent offers. Yeah, 25 million. They're one of six teams with about that much or more space. There are going to be guys out there like Fred Van Bleet, Montrez Harrell, um, Danilo Gallinari, um, Joe Harris, Bogdan Bogdanovich. And so you've got some guys and plus there's several others that aren't even that I didn't even come up with in this couple of minutes. But there will be good players as long as. But if you want somebody better than DeAndre Ayton, for example, uh, to be your one A next to Booker or better than Kelly Oubre, that's going to have to come via trade. Yep. Uh, And you're going to have to. Uh, you're gonna have to decide of those free agent names. What's what's the real fit too? Because there there are some guys that are talented, but do they fit the roster? I mean, we've talked about uh, how Bogdan would would or wouldn't fit. We we talked about that a couple weeks ago. I mean, there's there's gonna be a lot of question marks. You're gonna have to figure out a lot, and that, that's why James Jones gets paid. He's gonna have to. Can we spend to make the right uh, choices. two minutes? Can we spend two minutes talking about our favorite? Uh, possible trade acquisition in in D'Angelo Russell. Uh, sure, we. Uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so D'Angelo Russell was traded twice in the in the past nine months. Um, he did make the All Star game last year, and since making the All Star game last year, he's been tra- traded twice in the last nine months. Some of that is not his fault. A lot of that's not his fault. I'm not going to blame him for getting traded. However, 
Steve Kerr did bluntly say, and he said, I'll be blunt. He wasn't a good fit on the Warriors. Um, and I've heard um, in, in, you know, background music here that he showed up to the Warriors already knowing everything and not needing to be coached at all uh, with not the best attitude as far as, as coachability. And, and the Warriors especially are a team that, um, you, you know, they've got they they really know what they're doing and you can't go in there saying you already do. Um, and so he wasn't a good fit. And Kurt did mention, usually coaches don't say that actually in public after a player has been traded, they say, we love his time here. We loved him, loved him, loved him. No, he goes, yeah, he, to be blunt, he wasn't the best fit. Uh, so, um, and he was kind of traded for a bag of, you know, bag of beans, which everybody was saying, oh, he should have, he should have, the sun should have jumped in there to get D'Angelo Russell on the suns. But I, you know what, uh, maybe I still have PTSD from the Morris brothers being reunited. I probably do, and I'm probably overblowing this, but I don't think the best situation for D'Angelo Russell is to have been, you know, been put next to his best friend. And I don't know how it's going to work out in Minnesota, but I don't think they're going to win a lot of games with the, just that tandem. They're going to need somebody else or some other group of players on their team to be the difference between winning and losing. I don't think those two by themselves can prop up a franchise. Look, D'Angelo Russell is not worth what he's getting paid. If you put him next to Devin Booker, he's, get, he's getting paid what Devin Booker is, right? So then you've got two max contracts in your backcourt. It's just not the right way to build this team. And to Dave's point, putting friends together doesn't always work. You know, we're going to find out in Minnesota that is friendship more important than winning? Because if these guys don't win, you can't tell me Carl Anthony Towns isn't going to want out of Minnesota. He was getting to that point uh, in in kind of pushing for this trade for D'Lo. So, uh, like, friendship's nice, but winning is what matters in this league in the long run. And if they're not doing it, it's not going to matter. And I just think it would have been short-sighted to try to add D'Lo to this roster, especially when you look at it. If you're going to do it, it would have been the offseason that, that you should have done it in because – now you wouldn't have traded him because then you would have had Ricky Rubio or him having to come off the bench. You would have had all this money in your backcourt, which would have tied you up uh, to not be able to fix the the issues at power forward and other areas you have. It just not would not have been the right the right fit, and and I don't think it was the right fit in the offseason. I think James Jones made the smart move and not going after D'Lo and. Steve Kerr, uh, Steve Kerr is a very, uh, fairly nice man. That that's probably pretty biting for him to say he wasn't a fit. All right, you know, that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty damning to me. Shout out to Dan in the YouTube chat. A Booker playing alongside D'Lo, good thing for Kentucky fans, but it isn't a good thing for the team. Uh, Ubre is a better fit, and uh, to I'm you know what I'm going to credit both of you guys uh with this Thank before you. because i don't want dave to get upset <laughs> but the the saloon door on the defensive end of a backcourt that is devin booker and d'lo is you can't you can't do that with that kind of money wrapped up into a backcourt you just you cannot you cannot win that way and let me tamp out another fire just because devin booker and carl anthony towns agent will be the president of the knicks soon does not mean that they're going to New York. The only threat the Knicks pose is to themselves and their fans. If there if there's an organization that I trust 
uh, less to do the right thing than the Phoenix Suns. It's the New York Knicks. So you do not have to worry about the Knicks being uh, being some threat to getting Devin Booker. So don't worry about that. Put that one aside. Yeah, I'm not worried. <clears throat> I'm not worried about the Knicks, and I'm not actually worried about the Timberwolves because you simply can't have three max players. Um, uh, it, it just doesn't work with the salary cap. I know teams have tried it. There's some of the best teams have gotten three to four max players on their team, including Golden State Warriors, but that's not really the most sustainable way to build a team, especially when you're not already at championship. Well, don't see the member wolves making it work to fit, like have a Devin Booker on there where the Suns would actually have an acceptable trade package they'd want to accept. So I don't think, I don't worry about Minnesota and I don't worry about New York. What I worry about is team uh, someone like the Lakers because um, Devin Booker has never said he hates or loves the Lakers at all. He loved Kobe Bryant. He's totally all, all about Kobe Bryant. So I wouldn't be surprised if one of these days he says he wants to go to LA. That's my biggest worry, but I love the fact that he has never said anything negative about the Suns. always wanted to play for the Suns. Stay, still wants to play for the Suns, and wants to play for the rest of his career with the Suns. So let's just enjoy that and stop wishing him away, please. And just get him help. Keep building around him. Keep getting right. him pieces. You know, that's that, that's the bottom line. Would you like the Donkey Award now? Uh, because it ties in. It is, is Donkey time. Donkey All right. Time. I was going to start uh, and announce our first ever Ring of of Dishonor uh, oh, inductees man. this week, man. but I'm going to save that for next week. We will have a Ring of Dishonor uh, Sun Solar Panel inductees. Just wait. You you will love to to hear who's going to make this cut. We maybe we'll even put it up. Behind me here in in the home studio, but today, <laughs> today, uh, our donkey award winner. Wait, so you're on the ring of dishonor because your name is up there? Maybe, maybe I, I am. It depends on who you ask over at the organization too. But uh, so this week's donkey award winner is uh, it's, it's Greg on Greg crime today, as I'm giving the donkey award to Greg Moore over at AZ Central, the columnist <laughs> there, right? Uh, so, so let me take you back. We're going to get in the Wayback Machine. We're going to go to the March 27th, 2019, right? Uh, and this is a, a tweet of a Greg Moore column saying, Stephen A. Smith says Devin Booker should want out of Phoenix already. Greg Moore says Smith is wrong, right? Keep that in mind. Fast forward to two days ago. or Actually, I believe this was yesterday. Greg Moore saying, subscribers only, but I'm never wrong about stuff like this. So you might want to get your wallet out. Headline, Phoenix Suns fans should get ready to say goodbye to Devin Booker. Seriously, you contradicted yourself in less than a year, Greg Moore. And what in the world makes you think you're some expert on what the hell Devin Booker wants, okay? If he's sitting here telling the public uh, that, that he's happy, that none of these insider sources have had, have had anything that says that Devin Booker is asking out. I've talked to people that were inside the organization uh, and the front office, and none of them have said he's ever asked out or insinuated that. Why the hell do you think you know anything better? And if you're always right, you're never wrong about this stuff, then why did you say Stephen A. Smith was wrong less than a year ago and then yesterday say that you know everything and agreed with Stephen A. Smith? Greg, look, you're getting the donkey. I've sat next to Greg. Okay, I've sat next to Greg for the past couple of years. Um... Uh, off and on, he's he comes to games and and he is a super nice guy. Um, I don't have 
the access behind the paywall at AZ Central. I'm sorry, guys. I just don't. I have, I have too many other things going. Um, and so I don't know what it says inside that article, but it is clickbait. And he is he actually I think he was joking when he said I'm never wrong. But still, it's 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 a clickbaity title, which I don't love. I, I don't love clickbaity titles. He's the um, king of and who knows what he says there. actually inside there. But, yeah, um, I think he was even laughing at his own. His own Look, take on that. To but. me, that that makes it worse. If you don't, if you're not buying into the take, if you're just writing this stuff to write it to try to get people to click, that that makes it worse. Yeah, clickbait drives me nuts, and it's the bane uh, of this industry right now. And and it's sad again that that it's it's the way that business is being done. Like you write write a quality piece about about a quality opinion you actually believe in rather than trying to come up with a clickbait topic that that's going to get people riled up. It's just it's ridiculous. Um Greg's not Mark making the ring of dishonor by the way. He's he's not. <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to you were gonna go with somebody else. This he week. he's he I, he's making it in the ring of Tim's dishonor. All confused. I I am. I'm a I'm a I'm a bit because before the game we talked about somebody else. I ground and, I ground uh, what gears. We talked about is tell us who we were talking about. No, Greg, he, so people don't he's speculate going, them. He's going to make the ring of dishonor next week, and I don't want. I didn't want to waste it. We got it. We got to properly okay. honor right, somebody we like can that. Tease it at least. He's 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 one that everyone loves to hate. So great. That really a, clears uh, it up. So after Greg's donkey, do we then have to vote on whether or not they make the Ring of Dishonor? I think we maybe should. Maybe we should have to do that. Is, do, is, is, do they yeah, make? There's got to be a, two, uh, a unanimous vote, actually. And look, uh, don't okay. worry. I'm not inducting anybody from another podcast into the Ring of Dishonor if that's what anybody's uh, concerned about. So uh, I will. You don't need to keep uh, talking about podcasts. You said you were worried that uh, my my obscure way of saying that was going to offend somebody. So I'm just making it clear. All right. I'm oh, petty. I, what do you it, want? All right. We don't need to keep bringing up other podcasts. <laughs> I didn't. Unless you did. You did. I no. Mean, yeah, Greg. Did. Or, uh, uh, Dave. He he is right. What? <laughs> he's right. I mean, no, he's not. He's I not did not right bring up, but he is right. Oh God, <laughs> he's about as right as Greg Moore is on his takes and clickbaity articles. All right, and on that note, we are out of here. So for Dave Espo and myself, we will see you guys next Saturday and every Saturday. Well, most Saturdays anyway at uh, seven o'clock. <laughs> and sometimes morning. Sundays. Hey, <laughs> don't donate so Tim can pay off his Vegas bills and get new glasses. That's the only reason we do this show. Oh, so please help. Please help Tim out. Uh, Eric, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter so I can send you some Suns swag. Peace. Hey guys, it's Espo back to remind you that there are many ways that you can support this show. Uh, you can start by following us on Twitter, you know, following us at Sun Solar Panel. Leave a five-star review. That's right, five-star review. You probably remember when I used to do that. We might even read it on the show. You can click the link in the bio and leave us a voicemail and, and support the show that way. Or you can go to sunshirts.com, buy a shirt. Or, you know what, there is another way. There's, I told you, there's so many ways to support this show and keep Dave with getting his Geritol, get Tim to get his glasses, keep me feeding my daughter, however you want to look at it. You can help uh, help the show out. You can donate 
uh, as well. If you click the link in the show notes, you can donate one, five, ten dollars uh, to the show, and it is greatly appreciated as it helps us keep doing this. This is a passion project for Dave, Tim, and I. We all uh, do other things, but we love connecting with you, the Suns fans, twice a week. So support us, sunshirts.com. You can donate, follow us, leave a five-star review, however you want to do it. We appreciate you. And you know what? If you donate 10 bucks, Tim's going to send you some sun sh- uh, solar panel swag. I don't know where he's getting it. It's probably some shady place that, that he knows about out there in Florida, but it's cool stuff, so uh, donate. Thanks again, uh, Greg here, and Tim and Dave also appreciate you. It's Sun Solar Panel. You can support us, sunshirts.com, or leave a donation.